Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Cloudcast. We are coming to you live from the massive Cloudcast studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Middle of May. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, if you're listening on a Sunday, um, it is Mother's Day. So not only uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, all the uh, soon-to-be mothers potentially, but uh, also you know for anybody who's listening who has a mother, uh, has a wife who is a mother, um, has a sister who's a mother, uh, anybody who's a mother in your life in one way, shape, or form, uh, you know, one degree, two degree separated, uh, you know. Wish them, uh, wish them a happy day. Wish them, uh, wish them a happy motherhood. Uh, let them know how much you respect them. Let you know how much you you care about them. How much you love them. Um, you know, Mother's Day is one of those weird uh, holidays where you know is much of an important role that mothers play in our lives. Whether it's you know just from our initial conception to you know kind of being there throughout our lives. They're not there just for the first you know. 18 years or however many years you're in the house, uh, you know, they are, they are there throughout your life. And, uh, you know, for somebody who has both a, a mother who I'm very fortunate is still here with us, uh, as well as, uh, you know, having a wife who is a mother of, of two children, um, you know, you do, you know, learn to, to respect that, that motherhood, that lifelong journey of motherhood, uh, you know, much, much more over life. And, and the more that you, you see it up close and, uh, kind of experience its, uh, its journey over time. So hope everybody's having a good mother's day. If you're listening to this on Sunday and uh, if you're listening to it on Monday or Tuesday, uh, make sure that, uh, if for some reason, uh, you didn't call your mom or, um, you know, maybe your mom's unfortunately not with you anymore. Uh, you know, make sure you're spending some time thinking about her, thinking about uh, what your mom meant to you and, uh, uh, you know what uh, what you can do to be a good uh, a good child to your mom if you will you know i thought about there was called a couple of things uh, sunday perspective show i can't to thinking about a couple of things um, in terms of, you know, how to kind of weave the the Mother's Day theme, uh, just because it coincidentally fell on this Sunday, kind of into the conversation. And so what I kind of want to do before we go to the break is I want to kind of throw out a couple questions to folks, and I'll uh, I'll give my own answers, but would love to hear your answers as well, or just something to think about and ponder. Um, first is, uh, you know, how, how did your mother support or encourage you? You know, what was, what do you remember about your mom, uh, you know, doing, going above and beyond to, to help you. And the reason I ask this is, you know, it's always a good, um, you know, thing to sort of think back on that, especially if you're at that age where maybe you're, uh, you know, beginning to think about having a family, maybe you are beginning to have a family, um, you know, and you're, and you're trying to think about, you know, are there, are there things from my childhood that you especially appreciated, um, things that you look at as being foundational building blocks to become the person that you are today or the person that you want to become. Uh, you know, I know in my case, uh, my mom was, uh, was very, very hands-on, uh, in terms of, you know, being involved with the things that, that I was doing. Um, you know, in some cases they were things that, um, she could help with a lot. Uh, I remember her being, uh, you know, great at, uh, editing papers for me, you know, or at least, uh, you know, kind of going through and, and making suggestions. Uh, I remember her sitting down and, uh, and reading me words before we did a spelling bee at the school, you know, the school spelling bee level, um, you know, cause she had much more of a background in, uh, in writing and, and editing and those types of things. Uh, but also she wasn't afraid to go out in the backyard and, and hit me ground balls. Um, even though she'd never played any, any softball or baseball or anything, um, because she knew I, I love playing baseball and she wanted me to get practice. So, um, you know, there's always going to be things that, that mothers do to, to encourage you, um, you know, think about that a little bit, uh, appreciate that. The second question I was thinking about was, you know, what lessons did your mother, uh, you know, give you, um, 
you know, during your childhood or even today that you carry forward to this day. Um, and those could be lessons that are part of your your day-to-day life, just trying to be a good person or whether they are, you know, trying to help you that you can apply them to the business world. Um, you know, I think in my case, um, you know, my mom, you know, probably a couple of things that that she, she always stressed. She always stressed education. Um, she always made it very clear that, uh, and, you know, maybe this was, you know, just because of the nature of her personality. Uh, she was maybe a little more introverted than extroverted. Um, but you know, she always you know pointed out that uh, you know your your education is something that you can own. It's something that um, you know you can you can use as a building block to to become a better person or to become uh, more uh, qualified in in whatever field you want to be in. Um, she was very adamant that we didn't lie or or steal. Uh, that we were we were honest people, and I think that mindset, whether it was. Um, you know, I, I remember uh, vividly one time we were at the grocery store and uh, the lady at the checkout counter uh, gave us back too much change from from the from the bill. Uh, so maybe we gave her twenty dollars and she gave us back seven dollars and she should have given us four dollars. And we left the store and we went home and my mom realized that she had been given too much money and without any thought went back to the store and uh, you know and, and took that money back and made sure that. Um, you know, she didn't chastise the the person for making mistakes. She just wanted to make sure that the right amount of money was was given to her, and that that wasn't you know wasn't something she she deserved um, or she you know should have taken. She felt like it was stealing. So um, that was always you know in our mind: uh, don't cheat or steal, uh, don't lie or don't lie or steal as well. Um, you know, just get kind of you know get what you deserve to do. Not don't don't cheat the system. Don't lie to to mislead somebody. And then the third thing was. You know, she was always a stickler about, uh, you know, about about kind of doing your best and being as precise as you can possibly be. You know, it, there's lots of times in your life when you can go, oh, well, that's good enough or that that's fine. And her thing was always, look, if, if you know, if you recognize, A, that it could be better and B, you have the time to make it better. And that might have meant, you know, you spent a little extra time doing it or you reprioritize something. Um, you should always be doing that. And I think sometimes we, we get hung up in this industry, you know, thinking a little bit about minimum viable products and, oh, it's, you know, it's good enough. Don't worry about it. Put the burden on somebody else to fix it or figure it out. And she was very adamant about, uh, you know, your, your work, your quality of work is going to be, uh, something that, that is your reputation and, uh, you need to own that reputation and you own the quality of your work and, and be proud of the quality of your work. And, uh, so anyways, um, and then the last thing is, you know, how often you keep it with mom, hopefully, Hopefully you are uh, checking in with her periodically, uh, once a day, once a week, uh, whatever it is, but make sure you find a pattern uh, in doing that. So anyways, this is not going to be a Mother's Day show, I did, but I did want to give uh, Mother's Day proper due uh, before we jump to the break and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully get you thinking a little bit about uh, what your mom means to you and uh, what you can do to be uh, a better uh, son or daughter uh, to your to your mom. So with that, uh, I'm going to dive into the second part of the show, kind of uh, weave this together with... Um, some interesting thoughts uh, that I've been thinking just around some of the AI stuff that's out there. Uh, I'm not trying to turn every Sunday into an AI show, but uh, there is a lot out there right now that's that's making us think. So we're going to get to that right after the break. Are you looking to stay ahead of the curve in the latest trends in enterprise tech? Look no further than the Breaking Analysis podcast with Dave Vellante. This data-driven program dives into the most important topics facing the enterprise tech industry today. With a data-first approach that leverages ETR's renowned surveys of IT decision makers and insight from the Cube community, Breaking Analysis delivers in-depth research on the most important topics facing technologists and IT buyers. Whether you're a business leader, an IT professional, investor, or just an avid follower of the industry, this podcast is a must-listen. Just search Breaking Analysis Podcast wherever you get your podcast and tune in today to stay ahead of the game in enterprise tech. And we're back. 
And, uh, you know, appreciate uh, everybody listening through my my Mother's Day, uh, I guess, soliloquy, if you will, uh, you know, intro there. Uh, maybe a little longer than we usually do for the intro section, but I uh, wanted to give it proper due. Now, you know, like I've mentioned a million times on the Sunday Perspectives, I'm always looking for something that's interesting and then always trying to weave it together with a couple of things. Because I think sometimes when we we compare and contrast uh, a couple of interesting topics or ideas, um, you know, we find a little more connectivity between things. We, we paint a little bigger picture for ourselves. And something that I was thinking about um, not too long ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, the idea came to me was I was reading through a number of articles, uh, a number of people who had been doing some work with with generative AI, uh, which I think a lot of us right now are playing around with. Um, you know, while there are a million newsletters and a million Twitter threads and, you know, people are already out there, you know, with now all of, you know, six months of experience or whatever, claiming to be an expert or, or whatever. You know, I think a lot of us are, are rightfully experimenting because there is some pretty interesting things you can do with it. And one of the things that I've noticed, um, you know, a lot of what we see is the amazingness, you know, the incredibleness. Uh, but what I do see from time to time is people that dig into it a little bit who are looking at it with a with a curious eye, with a uh, pragmatic eye, if you will. And one of the things that seems to come up quite a bit is this idea that, um, you know, you need to be a little bit careful in, you know, let's just use sort of chat GPT or chat GPT like type tools. Uh, when you ask it to to do something for you, you know, write me a such and such, answer a question for me, um, give me an outline for something. And again, all perfectly valid prompts and things that are hopefully going to help you be more productive, um, speed up some things, maybe help you learn about something. And what a lot of times we're seeing examples of is a perfectly well-structured answer, a perfectly well-structured set of information that comes back and, and, and framework for where it comes back. And then somebody will go through it and say, that on the surface looks fantastic. That looks very, very interesting. It's great that you were able to pull all that together, but it's wrong. It's just you know either partially incorrect or nearly incorrect. And we don't see this all the time, right? There are many times when, you know, people are beginning to use these tools and they're, you know, they're getting very valid information out of it, you know, information that can be, you know, pulled from um, the, you know, the models that exist today, the, the large language models. But there's also times when, you know, there are things that uh, that happen and the system just hasn't quite figured out how to make sense of it. And what dawned on me as I was thinking about that was there was this, uh, the, the thing that that sort of keeps coming up over and over again for the people that are experimenting and finding this and, and seeing these examples is they sort of come back and they go, you know, if I read this and I didn't have any experience on this, I could very well feel like it, this is an authoritative type of thing. This is a well-reasoned type of response and just take it and copy it. Right. And this isn't a this isn't a, a statement on plagiarism or anything along those lines. But what the you know, what these folks sort of come back and say is, is we're going to run into a situation in which we're going to find people or entities or tools that are going to take the answers that they get and not have the ability or the experience. The experience is probably the most important thing or the expertise to know whether or not it's valid or not. And. I highlight this as sort of unique. Now, we've always had this problem with the internet because while the internet, you know, collects all sorts of information, you're using a Google search, whatever it might be, oftentimes you felt like the answer was right because you were not necessarily getting an answer back. You were getting a link to something. You were getting a pointer to some data. It feels like now the system is trying to connect the dots on things. And again, we're 
sort of inherently kind of trusting it because we've been conditioned over time to trust the internet, at least to a certain extent. And some people still have a, a very uh, you know, weary eye or cautious eye about how much they trust. But my point about all this is it's going to be really interesting to figure out how people go about applying a level of experience or expertise to the day-to-day things that they do to interact with these systems. And the reason I brought all this stuff up was it got me thinking, you know, are we going to see sort of an interesting new partnership? Because what tends to happen with new technologies is we tend to have this normal sort of uh, oftentimes age-based kind of diversion or, you know, diversification or split, right? So, you know, older people tend to use the older technologies. They've been able to, you know, make use of it. They've been successful with it. And then the new technologies come along and they're oftentimes very different uh, than older technologies. And again, you know, whether or not the the new stuff turns out to be better or worse or whatever, you know, again, is on a case-by-case basis. And, but what often happens is, there's a perception that that goes on in the industry or just a normal thing that happens where it's like, okay, that technology's for the olds, this technology's for the news, and you know, the two sort of never connect in the middle because there's this, you know, kind of like, well, if if the new was so much better, it would have done it a long time ago, or whatever it is, right? Or the old's so much better, well, you people don't, you're not willing to change, you're not open to change and so forth. And what dawned on me was I think we're going to see, uh, and I'm not exactly sure how it'll shake out. I'll be curious to look for examples. I think we're going to see sort of a new pairing or new partnership happen between older generations and newer generations in which, and this is where I sort of come back to the the Mother's Day sort of parenting thing. Um, You know, if if you're a parent today and you have kids, especially if you have, you know, kids that are beyond about sixth grade, 10 years old or whatever, you know, there's a weird thing that happens in which, um, you know, the, the younger kids, uh, all the way up to teenage kids and, and into, you know, 20 something kids at some point reach a point where they think I know everything. I I've got it all figured out. I know the world. I can figure everything out in the world. And you're constantly kind of doing this thing as a, as an adult who've, you know, has lived experiences and some may be great experiences and some may be, you know, scars and scab knees and, and terrible experiences, but they're learned experiences in which you are trying to find the right balance between going, you know, you shouldn't do that thing. And the reason you shouldn't do that thing is because this bad thing will happen or this negative outcome will happen or the thing that you expect to happen isn't what's going to happen because that's not how life really works or something along those lines. And, you know, there's a there's a natural tension between, you know, I don't want to listen to you, you know, whether it's because of authority or I already know what I know and I don't need your feedback. And I think what's going to be very interesting from a business perspective is like, that's fine for day-to-day things, right? Oh, should I, you know, should I mix beer and wine? Should I, you know, should I drive too fast? Should I, you know, whatever. Um, Should I wear these clothes or something like that? Um, But in the business world, you know, and the personal world, you can do those things because it's your own sort of reputation and you make mistakes and nobody really, really cares. But in the business world, it's a little different, right? You're, you're, dealing with the reputation of who you work for and you're dealing with the reputation of your organization. And so people depend on you and you're making decisions that have financial ramifications, some cases small and some cases large. And so I'm wondering, you know, if given this core technology that's out there, uh, we know that today it, uh, it makes these mistakes and I forget the exact name for the mistakes that they make. I think they're called like delusions or something like that. I'll have to look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, But you know, and we know that 
it sort of suffers from, in some cases, a sort of lack of experience or lack of expertise or fact-checking or whatever the right term is. If we will start to see some pairing together of, you know, experienced people with inexperienced people for some periods of time, right? The same way that we do sort of new hire onboarding, which has sort of gone away because businesses, you know, now are sort of like, well, I expect you to come on board and be smart. I expect you to know stuff and I don't necessarily want to train you. But I do wonder if this new generation of technology will sort of reinvigorate this idea of, you know, how do I onboard employees? Do I do that just simply through some sort of training model or do I do it through pairing them with people that have deeper expertise? Um, you know, and again, I, I don't know what the exact model for that would be because oftentimes the people with deep expertise, you don't necessarily want to pair them and, and sort of waste their time, if you will, with people with little expertise. But maybe there are going to be scenarios in which, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, we do have some sort of, of pairing of, of experience with inexperience. Um, because again, the systems themselves we know are flawed or have flaws in which that lack of experience could be very detrimental um, and could be the ingredient to something bigger that becomes something bigger. And if the core of information is incorrect, um, you know, potentially becomes sort of problematic. So anyways, that was sort of the thought that I had. I'll be curious if people have uh, feedback on this. Um, it is something that I think as an industry, as we start to see more and more interesting examples of how these technologies are used, especially the conversational AIs, generative AIs, those types of things, um, as they become used and become more mainstream, and, and again, you know, the, this is going to happen. You know, you should you should plan for it. Um, you know, how do you avoid the inexperience mistakes, um, the lack of uh, the lack of awareness mistake, the lack of context type of mistakes that happen? Because um, I think it's something that we have to be conscious of. I think we'll see, you know, we'll see it happen in one big example at some point, maybe this year, maybe next year, um, in which it'll, you know, it'll sort of raise itself up to a broader conscious, uh, in the mainstream, you know, in mainstream media, mainstream conversations. But, uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting because I do feel like it has a little bit of, of, you know, sort of the training and onboarding, the, the mixing of generations, the parental control versus, you know, I want my freedom kind of thing. Um, and anyways, uh, I will be interested in your feedback. I'll be interested in in any sort of examples that you may have in which this comes to play. Or if you want to just tell me like, hey, you know what? You should not spend any time worrying about that because this, the systems are getting so much faster, so much smarter, so much, so much quicker that that percentage of errors or those types of errors are going to be reduced from whatever they are today to you know, 10x less of that within a year. So don't worry about it. So we'd love to kind of hear feedback from people on this. Just something I was thinking about as I was reading these things and and thinking about, okay, you know, we, we're going to become very dependent on them uh, for not only productivity, but ho hopefully at some point expertise, right? That, that correctness, that exactness, that thing I mentioned about my mom doing uh, early on, you know, kind of get it right. Don't, don't sort of slack off on it. Um, so anyways, uh, that kind of wraps it up for today. Um, just a couple of thoughts there, both, uh, thoughts about, uh, you know, being a good, uh, being a good child to your mom, hopefully, uh, you know, being respectful to your parents, uh, but also, you know, kind of some, some oversight in, in how it'll play a role in this new burgeoning, uh, emerging technology space. So anyways, with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, hope you all are enjoying some time with, uh, with your mother, um, on mother's day, if you're listening on Sunday and, uh, with that, I will wrap it up talk to you next week. Thanks for everybody for 
sharing it with a friend and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos and everything social media. 